0: You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Over the past three weeks, we've been kind of building to this moment, this climax of the story. And uh, we've been looking at this one act of Christ, that uh, when he died on the cross, two thousand years ago, in this one act, this one weekend, this one moment in time, everything changed. And in the very beginning of our series, this mini-series, we looked at why this was all required. Because this one act of one man called Adam, which we represent, uh, when he came into this world and he chose to sin, actually it started a dial or started a, uh, a digression of what God's original plan was: death entered into this world, sickness entered into this world, all that was evil entered into this world. But Christ came to redeem us from all of that. And uh, we've looked at a number of things. And one of the things we looked at is that sin was paid for once and for all. When Jesus died on the cross, He took our punishment. He took all the things that we had done, both past, present, and future. And in that moment, He took our place as He Himself was someone without sin. And so he was able to take our place and die on our behalf so that in him we would be forgiven. Wow. We looked at that uh, on Good Friday. Jesus took away our sins. He, we also, we, in through this process, we can receive forgiveness. We can stand in this place of being right before God because of what Jesus did. This is this amazing grace that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still enemies of the cross, actually, while we are still enemies of him, he died for us. He, he paid this price. Mark was shared last week on not only that his salvation was provided, but also in this time, this one act, 2,000 years ago, also he brought healing to us. And that healing is available for you and for me today. It's not just our salvation of our souls, but it's healing for our bodies. By his stripes, we are healed. And this morning we're going to celebrate together, the resurrection of Christ. Uh, we, we again look at the significance of this one act, rising from the dead, and you think, why is it so important that we celebrate the resurrection? I know in some church traditions, we, we can focus very much just upon the death. And this whole idea of this past week, this mournful kind of thought of Christ dying and, and Jesus still being stuck on the cross somewhere. He didn't just die and stay dead. As I said last week, there is more to the story. There's more to this amazing story. And it is fundamental in our Christian walk that we understand not just his death, but his resurrection. If it was just him dying, do you know what? Throughout history, most people have died. Correct? In fact, statistically, it is proven that most people, if not all people, die. And many good people have died through history. Many good people have died for good causes. There's a lot of people throughout history who have died. And so in that sense, that doesn't really change much. Just someone dying. Although Jesus was perfect and died for our sins, actually the gospel message would have no power if it wasn't for the resurrection. And so we see this, first of all, in 1 Corinthians fifteen, seventeen to 23. And this, Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth. He says, and if Christ had not, has not been raised... Your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life, we have hope in Christ. We are, of all people, most to be pitied. If Christ never rose from the dead, then actually there is no hope. He just died. Full stop. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, which we looked at two weeks ago, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. As For as in Adam all die, so also so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the first priest, then, the, then he comes, those who belong to him. Here we have this understanding. If there was no resurrection, our faith in Jesus is futile. Our faith in him is futile. Without the resurrection, there is no hope, as I mentioned. But Christ has been raised from the dead through this one act. Three things have happened. First of all, we we, we understand that death was conquered once and for all. Death was conquered once for all. What what was the, the the wages of sin was death, and so if death wasn't conquered, then sin would still have a hold on humanity. Correct. And so because death was conquered, there was no longer power that the sin had on our lives because sin was broken, the power of sin was broken, but then also death was destroyed. In Revelation 1.18, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the living one. I was dead and now look, look. Is everyone looking? Look, I'm alive forever. And ever. And I hold the keys of death in Hades. I hold the keys. Amen. When Jesus died 2,000 years ago, He took back the power of sin and death. He took the keys back. Thank you, Lord. I don't know about you, but when I got my driver's license, I had the power of a car. How do you remember that happy day? That was a happy day. On my 16th birthday in Canada, you can get your driver's license at 16. Scary, I know. My son's about to turn 16. Caleb, <laughs> Anyways, I, I remember the day I got the keys to the car. There was something significant about that. There was something far more significant about Jesus saying, I hold the keys of death. I hold the keys. I am in control. I have power over death. Death no longer has a hold on those who are in Christ because in Christ He has conquered death. He rose from the dead. Death no longer has a hold on us. 1 Corinthians 15, 54. Death has been swallowed up in victory. The grave is not the end of the story any longer. Isn't that amazing news? Isn't that amazing news? Are you guys excited that the grave no longer has a hold on us? as it had no longer had a hold on Jesus. If death could not keep a hold of Jesus, it can no longer keep a hold on us either when we're found in Him. You see, for many of us, people, loved ones, pass away. But you know, there's a hope when we understand that when our faith is in Jesus, although the physical body dies, they live on in eternity celebrating with Jesus. There's a hope because Christ rose, they rose. They will rise, and we will look at that in a minute. But Christ conquered death. It is for this reason we celebrate today. Because if death wasn't conquered, then the next thing couldn't be given, which is life. Life now given. Jesus said, I am, in John 1:25 to 26, I am the resurrection. I only say, I am. I am. Say it again. I am. I am. Now let's all say it together: I am. I am. Okay. Jesus was saying that. I am the resurrection. You know what? When we look at this word, I am, it isn't that I am givery, giving or offering resurrection. He says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. You see, when Christ is in the center, he is bringing resurrection and life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. What a fascinating thought. I am the resurrection and the life. You see, Jesus proved it in his own being. He rose from the dead. The enemy thought he conquered Jesus, the son of God. Yes, he was the, Satan was the ultimate victor. And yet, Jesus conquered the grave. And he rose from the dead and this life, this, this indestructible life became apparent in Jesus because death couldn't hold him down. Amen. He was in a position not only to rise from the dead but also now to give life and in the life that Jesus offers is in two different ways the life he offers is in two different ways the first one is is for the now our spirit man is born again Christ is the life giving spirit Jesus talked about being born again what is that being born again it he, Nicodemus was, was questioned, what is this thought process? How do I, how am I born again? I'm an adult. Do I go back in my mother's womb? Surely not. And she said, actually, you're born of the flesh, but your, your spirit man needs to be born of the spirit. And so this life that Jesus offers us, now that he's rose from the dead, his spirit comes and he breathes life into our old man, our old nature. And so no matter where you've come from, no matter what your life looks like up to this point, Jesus has come to bring life. He's come to breathe life into your heart, into your soul, to the, your inner man. I think for those in this room who've lived a, a season or maybe all your life and you've had a kind of a, the, the season without knowing Jesus and then you've turned your life to Jesus, something comes alive in you when you put your hope in Jesus. You put your faith in something changes. Our pastor in Canada that when I was a youth pastor, he would refer to it as Kind of the third cylinder of an engine. And, and we might be functioning in our mind, in our, and our, our bodies, but actually our spirit man is dead. It's like we're firing on two out of three cylinders. But when Christ comes, something comes alive and we come to a fullness that we didn't have before. This is the life that's the now. The new life that takes place in us. We were dead, but now we're alive. But you know what? This hope also speaks of something to come. So we have his spirit. Bringing life to us now. But that also isn't the end of the story for you and for me. See, Jesus rose from the dead. Did Was it just a spiritual thing or was it a physical thing? You see, there is some debates through history that when Jesus rose from the dead, it was just his spirit that was kind of moving around that people saw. No, it wasn't his spirit. It was him. It was flesh and bones. It was him. He said, look, touch me. He said, to, he said to Doubting Thomas, come touch me. He ate in front of them. He was, it was evidence that it wasn't just a spirit man. It was a physical man. It was the glorified Jesus. You see, why is it significant? It's because for you and for me, this is what's going to happen to us. In fact, as we keep reading in 1 Corinthians 15, which we started at, we're going to read now the further on in the same passage. It says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the imp- sorry the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye. How quick is that? Pretty quick. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. We've sang it already this morning. You see, you and I will become like Jesus. This whole passage is is talking about Jesus represents the first fruits that you and I will follow in. Now, he, we've been given his spirit to... To bring life to our mortal bodies now. But actually, there's something greater that's going to come in your future. When you put your faith in, you will rise and become like Christ. With this glorified body that will never die. There will never experience sickness or disease. There will never be hurt or sorrow. There will be perfection in all its fullness. That is what is to come in your life. That is the hope that we have. And this is why Paul even tells the church in Corinth, we have this hope. And if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we would have no hope because the grave would be the end of the story. And we would be, in a sense, in the same state that everyone else is. But Jesus did rise. And if He rose, and if we're in Him, we will rise. And we have his spirit now to testify that we are his and that we belong to him. That is what we have now. Why? Because Jesus isn't dead. He's alive. And it's because of his life that we can have life now. Are you with me still? Okay. It's going to get exciting. In point three. It's already exciting in point two, but point three is it's even it's intensifying here. You see. Christ has made his power available to you and to me. We have this amazing passage in, in Ephesians 1, 18 to 21. It says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance to, inheritance to his holy people. And this incomparably great power for us who believe. That power... Is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of, in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is, in, that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age, in the one to come. We have this power at work in us. The same power that rose Christ from the dead dwells where? In us. When? Not sometime in the future. It's now. And I want us to think about this. We might be going through hard times. We might be facing challenges in this life. And we might be even here today thinking this is just a part of our tradition, our Christian heritage. But can I just tell you what? Jesus rose from the dead. Not, not some kind of uh, fantasy story, but the power of God was alive in him and now is alive in us to bring strength and power to to fulfill His purposes in us. So we can face challenges in this life. We can face obstacles in this life. We can face impossibilities in this life. But can I tell you what? No possibility is greater than death. And if death has been destroyed through Christ's resurrection, how bigger is God in you than the things of this world? Come on. Christ is stronger in you. His Spirit is greater than you. If death could not hold you down... It, death could not hold him down. What can hold us down? Yeah, but it's a big bill. Oh, come on. Yeah, but it's a, it's a real big issue. It's a big problem with my family. Come on. Yeah, but this is a this, is, this is a really big challenge. It's a big mountain. Can I tell you what? The biggest mountain has already been conquered. Hallelujah. And it's the same power that rose Christ from the dead. He is in us. And so we are not this defeated Folks, just kind of barely getting by. Just hoping that Jesus comes back soon. We're bunkering down. Just, just hoping that it comes today. Jesus, come today because life's so hard. Come on. We are more than victorious through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Amen. Christ's spirit in you is greater and is there to empower you. Nothing has a hold on us. Why? Because Christ Christ rose from the dead how much more is his spirit able to empower you through what you're facing today can I just encourage you sometimes you know we, we can have the resource of of this power from heaven but unless we plug into the source unless we allow his spirit to move in our lives it is just a void we have around us the power of the mains electrical power right We have all the power available to us, but we have to turn the switch on, don't we? We have to plug in. We we have to utilize that resource. And I think a lot of Christians, a lot of people, you know, they, they give their lives to Jesus, but they never tap into the source of the power. They never access the power. So they just try to struggle through life. They just kind of work through it at their own strength. But you know what? God has given us the power to be victorious. He doesn't want us to just live life struggling away day after day, but he wants us to live victorious in him. You see, He's given us the power to fulfill his purposes. He's given us the power to overcome sin and temptation. He's given us the power to, to walk in fullness. The enemy wants us to, to, to believe a lie that we're just barely getting by. We're just, as I said two weeks ago, that, you know, we're just sinners saved by a bit of grace. We're just kind of lowly people. We're not. If our faith is in Jesus, man, we are on the winning side. We, and we need to lift our head up. We, we need to look victorious because we are victorious. You know, we can we can feel like we're defeated because somehow life has got a hold on us. You know, we need to take authority through the, the power and the, the boldness that God has put in our lives. But we need to access it. I've learned in my own Christian life, although this can be truth that I know in my head, I need to believe it in my heart. And I need to stand upon his word. It requires us to live by the spirit from that place of power, putting to death old habits and old lifestyles. You know, that's one of the, the biggest power suckers of our lives is when we dabble in the things of the world and try to live in power. It doesn't work that way. If we're trying to, to kind of still keep our old lifestyle, yet, you know, that will be the trap. That, that will be, that's like our kryptonite. Sin is our kryptonite. It's the thing, for those of you who ever watch Superman. <laughs> it's the one thing, it's the one thing that will sap your power and strength is to start living in your old life. Your old sinful nature. Actually, that will suck your strength, right? It'll suck the power of God right out of you if you're choosing to live by your old nature. But when we choose to live by the Spirit, oh, we put to death those things. We have the power to overcome sin. We have the power to walk in victory. Why? Because God is in me and He's empowering me. Not because it's about my own effort and my own works, but it's by His Spirit who gives me strength. It's by His Spirit that gives me strength. Jesus' death and resurrection is the greatest act in human history. It's the greatest act in human history. You think of everything that's happened in humanity. This is the one game changer. It is the one biggest act that happened 2,000 years ago. You think through all the things that have happened, all the wars, all the great men who've come, or great women who've come and gone. You know what? This is the one moment This one weekend that changed everything and continues to change everything. The wrong had been right, made right. Yet no matter how wonderful the story is of God's love, his forgiveness, his salvation, no matter how wonderful all of this is, it requires a response on our part to receive it. You think Jesus paid this amazing price to pay for all of our sins. He he died on the cross. He he took our suffering. He took all the things that we've done wrong. And he paid the price of justice. Because God's a holy God and requires justice. And so he paid it so that we could be forgiven. And yet, he stands uh, before us and he offers this package. The package of forgiveness, the package of his grace, of his love, of his wholeness, of his healing, of his power, of his strength, of his life. It's all there. Ready to be received. And yet we have the choice as to whether we take it or not. Take it or leave it. He paid the price, but we need to accept it and we then need to live in it. It isn't enough. Can I just say it's not enough? One day, years ago, to have said a prayer to say, "Jesus, I, I invite you into my life," and yet choose then the rest of your life to live as if that didn't happen. You see, following Jesus, there's only one type of person who follows Jesus, and it's the person who follows Jesus. And what is a follower of Jesus? What is it? What Jesus used the terminology of being a disciples, being someone who's like him. It's someone who's following Him and learning and and, and and becoming like Him in every way. And there's only one type of Christian in this world. And it isn't someone who was baptized some point in their life or christened or whatever. It's someone who chooses to accept and live by the gift that was given to them. That is the only type of Christian, the only type of disciple, the only type of follower of Jesus. There is. Everything else, unfortunately, is a misconception. Knowing is different than believing. Knowing is different than believing. You can know this story inside and out, but do you believe it? And believing is determined by how we live. Our living demonstrates what we believe. You see, we know all sorts of stuff, but it doesn't mean we believe it. We know all sorts of things, but doesn't mean we live it out. So it isn't enough even today to say, ah, oh, i, I you know, I come to church every Easter. OK, well, you know the story well, but do you believe it? And that's the challenge I'm asking to you today. Do you believe it? He wants to bring life into your life. He wants to bring a hope into your life. He wants to bring power into your life to to no longer live in the traps that you've been living. He wants to have you walk in the place of freedom, but you need to believe it. You need to put your faith in it. Otherwise, it's just a fairy tale. Everything is made available when we choose to believe. So I encourage you today, put your faith in Jesus. I, can I tell you what? Everything else is a cul-de-sac. We think is promising. We go after this one thing. We think, oh, if I just get down this road, if I just get enough money, if I just get enough relationships, if I just have enough fun out there, I will be fulfilled. And you know what? You get to the end of that road and you find it's a dead end. Literally. Can I just tell you, there's only one road that leads to life. And life more abundantly. And it's in Jesus. Why? Because he conquered the grave. He took away the cul-de-sac. He made a, a, a way through. Turn and follow him today. I encourage you. It is at this point we declare. It's at this point we are, we are, we discover when we choose to follow him, life and life more abundantly. You know, I, wherever we stand today, I believe God has something for us if we choose to put our hope in him. And you know what? Again, it comes back to this foundational thought. He rose from the dead. And so if we are in Christ, there is nothing, nothing that can have a hold on us because his power of his spirit dwells in me and will enable me to walk through hell or high water because Christ has got the keys of death. In Hades. He's got the keys. And if he's got the keys, he's in control. He has the final say over our lives. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church, one church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.